Welcome to Business and Money Mentors. Together, Mia, your business mentor, and Bonnie, Miss Money Boss, guide you on the need to knows to grow and manage your business successfully. Hello, hello. We're excited to be here with you. This is Mia, and here's Bonnie. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi. <laughs> How are so you? glad to be here today. Yes, it's fabulous. And what we're going to talk about today is pretty exciting, isn't it? It's about bringing a product line to market. And yes. that is some powerful stuff because it's different than just the online. It's different than just the store. It's the beginning of your product. And so there's many different ways to move through it. So we thought we would bring that to you today. Any wonderful um, things that you want to share with the audience before we hop into this? Well, the only thing that I really want to say is that bringing a product to market is very different from services because there are a lot more things involved on the front end. So like at the beginning of your business, and maybe even prior to starting your business, there are a lot of things that you have to do to get ready to have a product. So I think that <clears throat> bringing a product to market is a lot more work on the front end than a service, but a lot of times on the back end, it can be a lot more lucrative because if you can get your product to be pretty much on autopilot when you're, mar you know, when you're in your marketing phases, then <clears throat> you know, that's where you really end up making your money back. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, I was I was wondering if you wanted to open up with a joke, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the awesome joke teller. <laughs> Nobody would laugh. We're all business here, aren't we? <laughs> oh, my God. That's, so That's scary, right? Right. So, you know what I thought would be very cool is to pick a fictitious item and talk it mm -hmm. through. Okay. All right. What All right. Kind of so items? we haven't we haven't even, first first let's let's announce we haven't even talked about this little surprise throw in there. So this is totally off the cuff, guys. As if you came to us and were asking us questions. So pick an item. Right. Okay. So let's pick like post-it notes. You know, like oh, because Lord. everybody knows what post-it notes are. So that's kind of an easy item. Okay. And that brilliant person who discovered post-it notes is extremely, extremely wealthy <laughs> So after selling it off to 3M. Um, okay, so Post-it notes, everybody knows what a Post-it note was, but like, you know, 20 years ago, there was no such thing as Post-it notes. Nobody even knew what they were. And so somebody who was brilliant thought up the idea to basically stick a bunch of pieces of paper together and cut it up into a size pad where everybody could use it and we could stick it on anything and create notes and information and, you know, just write down anything we needed to so that we kind of had like jogging our memory. 
But before this product was on the shelves and being sold in the, in the you know, office supply stores and retail stores and things like that, there were a lot of things that went into creating this product, like the first sample. So the first thing is the idea. What is the product that you are creating? Right, Mia? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yes. It, it actually okay. first came out in 1977, just so you know. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so those <laughs> came out a long time ago. Okay, so, like, the first, I, the first thing in bringing a product to market is what is the product that you're going to create, right? Yes, and then exactly. the first thing you need to do after that is, depending on how technical the product is, you might actually have to create blueprints of the product, mm-hmm. you know, like to actual size, or have a sample made of the product, depending on what exactly. it is. And even before that, you want to try to create a sample for yourself um, in order to bring it to somebody to create the sample for the most exactly. part. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes your first sample might be like very rough. You know, it might be, you know, so first you're going to have like a drawing of some sort and then, you know, bringing that product into a 3D form of some sort, whether it's something that you piecemeal together, you know, to show the idea of. And then this is initially, okay, and then actually have a um, professional version of the sample made by a professional. So, you know, that may mean, you know, having molds made, depending on what it is that you're making, you know, that may require different kinds of things that you have to do. So, for instance, I'm going to give you an example. Um, if you were, if you were creating, you know, uh, so if in this in this sample of using the post-its, you know, you might put pieces of paper together, cut them up, and staple them together as an idea just for showing your initial sample yourself. But then when you actually get a professional sample made, you might have a professional sample that looks like the actual post-it notes that you currently buy in the market today. Yes. Right? Um, Correct. Post-it notes are are, um, a little bit bland, so I'm I'm bearing with you here, but yes, exactly. And and also... um, uh, you have to think about, well, we want to talk about, you have to, because it goes back to the simplicity of this. Like when you create a sex butter, you had to think about the oils in it. We have to think about the paper, the glue, right. the color, all that type of stuff. So whatever you're doing, if you're creating t-shirts, you want to think about the fabric, the texture. Um, exactly. The user yeah. experience that they're going to have, whether it be visual, uh, tactile, audio, what is the user experience, like how do you want somebody to feel when they are touching or using whatever that product is? So making sure that that user experience, everything that goes into that user experience is something that people love. And this is one of the reasons why we test out products, okay? Mm -hmm. So once we have the sample, then what we do is we give the samples out to a group of people that would be that we would consider to be our ideal target market. So, who are the people that we know need to use this product, right? So, we want to get That's samples right. in the hands of those people so that they can test out that product and then give you feedback 
on the things that they like, what they don't like. Um, that way you have more information to work with if you choose to make changes to that product. Because a lot of times the first or second or even third sample that comes out is not going to be the finished product. These are right. just, you know, uh, you know, products along the way that are giving you the information to be able to get you to your final end product. So yeah. just understand that if you have to go back and make your product over and over again, that is completely normal. It is not – nobody gets it right the first time or usually even the second. So a lot of times we have to make several samples and go through several rounds of testing before we get to the actual finished product. So let's talk about the testing so that we can open up people's expansions. We would okay. send them to – so if we're talking about Post-it notes – that, we're, that we've got this fabulous idea, <laughs> like IBM, to create Post-it notes. So we would send them out to, for test people, we would send them out with um, a sheet attached so that they can give us their information on it. But we'd send it out to attorneys, CPAs, secretaries. Can you think of some? You know, right. people that use them. Uh, right. Call, maybe, maybe college professors. Like an office manager, of you know what I mean? Like anybody mm -hmm. that's working in an office or that, you know, isn't only on the computer, like they actually have physical pieces of paper that they work with that they have to, like, you know, make notes on. Or, and maybe they can't make notes directly on those. Like, for instance, if you're looking at a legal brief, you don't necessarily make notes on the legal brief, but you can put the notes on the Post-it notes, which you can stick to the legal brief. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then and then you get your feedback, right? And then based on your feedback, you decide whether or not this is going to be your finished product. Like if the feedback's really great and everybody loves it, you may not need to keep going back and creating new samples. You may be ready for your finished product and so you may and then you have to decide, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. what that product is going to look like like how do you want how do you want the end user to experience receiving this product so what kind of packaging are you going to put your product yes. in yeah. what's it going to look like what's it going to feel like you know what kind of graphic designs are on it you know so this is all about branding which Mia did you remember when we were talking about branding on the show um we We've talked about branding almost a little bit on on everything. We talked last week, and no, I didn't pull out the the show, and and uh, we'll be more Johnny on the spot with you guys in the future. But yes, we have segments of branding, and you'll be able to tell by the titles in the archive. Okay. All right. So. Um I know that on February 28th, we talked about a product line versus service industry and how mm -hmm. they differ, and I know we talked about branding then, and we also talked about branding in the March 14th, which was expansion from local to global. So definitely, you know, we've talked about branding before, and it's really important that you understand branding before you end up buying packaging and creating what the actual product's going to look like because you want to make sure that you are branded within who your target market is going to want to see. So you want to make sure that your product looks the way the people that you want to buy it are going to be attracted to it. Well, let's talk about and critique the current um, 
post-it notes because they're very well packaged. Mm-hmm. So when they went over the branding, they obviously had their logo on there and they wanted to utilize, they brought out colors, right, for post-it right. notes. Yeah. And they brought out colors so that it would be attractive to the eye, eye-catching. And also they brought, they ended up bringing out more colors over time yep. because they discovered that that would move more people and more sales would be uh, acquired. Now, I love post-it notes. I personally am very a minimalist in my office and always have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm one who has actually bought post-it notes because of the color. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. And and if you and the funny thing is, if you saw my office, I have post-it notes all over the place, and I use all the colors. And mm-hmm. like for me, I like them because they're visual. They give me reminders. I even use my post-it notes on my physical calendar. So like for me, I'm a big post-it notes girl. It it really gives me the reminders that I need. It helps keep me organized. So I'm not a minimalist because <laughs> I work with paper in my business. You know, like right. my business is accounting and I work with paper, so I have paperwork. And mm-hmm. really the Post-it notes are a key ingredient for me to be able to stay sane every day because I work with a right. lot of clients. So when you're working with like a lot of different people, like for instance, I have 100 clients at all times in my accounting business. So if I don't keep myself organized, and that doesn't mean keeping everything in my head. So I have to keep myself organized on paper, right? And so an easy way for me to do that is to really have reminders of things so that I know what I need to do each day and make sure that I'm on top of it because I want to make sure I'm keeping all my clients happy. You know, and part of that is having help. You know what I mean? Like you can't do all this yourself. But the point is, is that you need to find a way to keep yourself organized. And for me, post-it notes are amazing. Post-it notes are great. And if um, my staff um, came into the office all the time, such as yours does, it would, I would absolutely have post-it notes. But because my work with clients goes immediately into their files on my computer and backed up, it's a different type of source. And then with my assistants, I write them, you know. So post-it notes are fabulous. I'm not putting them down at all. I think they're great. <laughs> but I, I no, 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 no. But I mean, there. we're just you know, we're just talking about them from yeah. you know, exactly. from the marketing exactly. standpoint, the branding, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah. So you know, and part of and remember, remember we talked about in prior shows. You know, knowing who your end user is, who is the person who's going to be buying your product. Because what you want to do is you want to make sure that all of your marketing efforts and your branding efforts are geared toward that person because that's the person who's going to keep buying your product and using it over and over and over again because they're going to fall in love with it. And so you want to make sure that they know who you are and you know who they are. Right. Absolutely. Um, Things to think about in your products that you're creating are – Say the post-it notes, for example. Uh, Mm -hmm. Be aware, like they're paper. They could create paper cuts, but post-it notes don't create paper cuts because there's something, it's the way, I believe it's the way the the edge of the paper is cut. So these are little, tiny, incredible things that, that you just 
think about as you're creating your product. So basically, you're talking about the details that make the difference. Yes, absolutely. And the details do make the difference. You know, we see that in our favorite products that excite us, whether it's a shirt and it's the way they sew the hems or the or, or it together, or the way a personal product is blended for us, whether we find it, you know, like you were talking about tactile. Is it tactile, like, creamy enough, smooth enough? Can we get the user experience through our nose, through the packaging, through our eyes? You know, all of that is really important to keep in in your in your awareness as you're creating your um, your package, you know, your product and the packaging. Right. So the user experience really encompasses, you know, a lot more than just one sense. Sense. You know what I mean? Like That's right. a user all experience, you know, for products encompasses usually at least three to four of the senses, if not more. And mm-hmm. so, like as an example. Um, for Post-it notes, right? Post-it notes don't really have a scent, so I would not necessarily say that, like, that you're going to necessarily use that sense as an experience. But definitely, for instance, uh, the fact that you can peel the paper off of the entire pad without hearing anything, definitely they took something into account, you know, so that you didn't hear it. It's not like you're not hearing like paper tearing in order to get it off the pad as an example. So they definitely took into account what you would hear or not hear in your user experience. They definitely took into account the visual sense um, by creating all these different colors. And I don't know if you know this, but some of them they have in packages of very bright colors and deep colors, and others they have like kind of more pastel-looking packages um, so that they're appealing to different people that way. You know, one yeah. of the things that I noticed about Post-it notes is the darker colors of the Post-it notes, you, can't, you tend not to be able to read what you wrote on them as easily. So like let's say the dark purple color it's not as easy to read the writing on them as the brighter colors. Mm-hmm. You know, but, so like, yeah. But post-it, but post-it notes for that can also be used in other senses. When I move, I tend to put colored post-it notes, bright ones, like the living room is purple, the kitchen is green, and then that way they're also on the boxes besides in the new room so that the movers can move things. So there are other uses than just writing on them, right? It's their attention. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, look at this. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, and the funny thing is, if you <laughs> you can't see this, but if you saw my um, filing cabinet, I have Post-it notes <laughs> with writing on it all over the place. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with yes, like little do. reminders of things. It's like so funny, you know, like on the front drawers that I see as soon as I turn my head on a very regular basis. So it's really funny. Me and my parents. You know what? You know what's funny is this is why you chose the post-it note because it's so prominent in your office. I know. <laughs> it's like sitting in front of my face. So, of course, yes. let's talk post-it notes. Of course. Yes. That is that is actually how I chose the product. I was, like, looking around, and I was like, hey, what can we talk about? And I was like, post-it notes. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. And, and, you know, when you were talking about the bright colored ones, and you uh-huh. said also that, you know, well, there's not really a smell. but some people, like 
I've got my hand up here. Some people like me, I can I instantly imagine the sensualness of that color and a smell. So like the purple is more of a uh, a blueberry for me, or you know, really dark berries. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know. And then mm-hmm. because some of us are very, you know we incorporate what we see. So the UX experience, when you're like looking on a website or a product, you want to be able to make sure that your person can see, taste, touch, feel, smell, all the senses. And and like Bonnie said, some of them you can't. So like post-it notes, typically you can't unless it has an odor. But some people can actually feel what it would smell like or taste like just by looking at it. Just because they're, you know, they, they're, uh, they're tactile in other areas. They're oral more than you know than than some other humans. So it's it's interesting. Now I just wanted to point that out that it's interesting that a product can evoke you know as simple as a post-it note can bring in all the senses if it mm-hmm. if it touches you and if it touches you in that specific way it can it can move you know many different senses. So mm-hmm. Oh to, no, absolutely. I just had to point that out. Yeah. Okay, so like the difference between, let's say, the post-it note and the product that I created years ago called Sex Butter. So, for instance, you know, I can, it's easy for me to go through all of the experiences that I wanted somebody to experience when they, when they use Sex Butter, right? So the first thing is the scent. And I definitely, I made a scent, I used a scent that was pleasing um, that people recognized, and that scent is like a peppermint patty, and basically the scent actually comes from the oils, from the you know natural smell of the oils that um, are used that are in the ingredients. And then, for from a texture standpoint, I wanted it to be like a bomb, so it's not liquid like most lube. It's like a bomb, so that when you have you actually have a tactile experience of even rubbing it between your fingers before you apply it into your body. So I really kind of wanted the user to kind of uh, blend blend their body in with the whole experience of applying the actual product to the body parts where it was meant to be applied. And so, you know, that all happened by the texture of what it feels like so that it feels really smooth and creamy when you're rubbing it between your fingers and it's something it's a feeling that you like that it feels good so it's like you want that product all over your body because it makes you feel good and that was the idea behind it when I you know was working on the creation of it from that standpoint right from the appearance I wanted it to be something that, um, you know, was inviting. And, you know, I don't know about you, Mia, but when I was a little kid, I was, I loved butter. Like, I liked to play with butter. I liked to eat it. I liked to, it was goopy, and I liked to play with it with my hands. You know, I was like a messy kid. I don't know. And I like to play with things, and I like to get into all kinds of mischief. So for me, butter is kind do. of like an interesting feeling like that. Yes. Did you hear me? You still do. You like to get into <laughs> I still do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, like, so, you know, so I wanted something that, like, that felt, like, really good, like I was getting messy. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, right. kind of 
that was, you know, kind of like the idea behind that. And then let's see, what are the other scents that we need to bring in here? We just um, talked about, so back, back to the post-it note, right? So we okay. talked about the sound. We can't hear it. We talked about the right. visual. It can be attractive. We talked about touch, about not, um, you know, how the edges don't uh, paper cut us. Also, right. the, the, the glue that holds the paper together had to be a formula that was most um, supportive to not making humans break out in a rash, whatever right. that formula is. So the glue formula had to be uh, a formula that for overall, for the majority of the population, it, it was not, they would not be allergic to it. So that's something. And that they couldn't they could smell it. Like it can, couldn't right. have a negative smell yeah. like glue as an example. Yes, exactly. Right. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, so other things of formula for the, um, for the notepads, right? So we talked about the cutting, the, the glue. size. Mm-hmm, the size, yeah. <laughs> and notice that they have different. They have all kinds of different sizes. They they have some that are lined, some that are not lined. Um, you know, they basically looked at who was buying their product or who was going to buy their product and what else they would need. You know, exactly. the great thing about post-it notes is like even kids love them. So like right. you know, they're good for artwork. They're good for all kinds of different things. So they made it fun so that basically a kid would want it too and an adult. Right. And they also have them for tabs like sign here or look at this page, that kind of thing, where they're yep. about a half an inch wide and you yep. know three inches long. So that was made for the business people who and students who require that, you know, to be able to keep track of stuff. So that was very smart when they came out with that about what fifteen years ago or something. Yeah. Yep. So yep, it's yep, a yep, very yep. cool expansion of that, right? Okay. Absolutely. So then the manufacturing. Should we go into the manufacturing? Yeah. So okay. you know, so you might create like the first samples of your products or something, but look, you're not going to be at home in your kitchen or your living room making this product up when you start selling it you know, at a retail level. You're going to have to have it professionally made. So you're going to have to find somebody who's going to, you know, find a company that can make this product for you for a reasonable price so that you can sell it, you know, and and get the price that's realistic for it and make sure that that company can produce quantities that you can afford to pay for up front. So this is a big deal, like, when you're dealing with manufacturing, one of the biggest challenges with manufacturing for a small business owner is finding a manufacturer who will create small batches of things for you. Yes, yes. You know, because Absolutely. otherwise you could have to create like 10,000 units of something. And if you haven't even gotten your product out on the market and you don't know if it's going to sell, you may not want to invest that kind of money in creating 10,000 units of it. So, you know, even with the samples for sex butter, in order for me to create professional-looking samples, I have to have 10,000 units made, which can cost me well over $10,000. So this can get very expensive is what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you definitely want to make sure you find um, manufacturers. 
There are manufacturers. There are, you know, but you do have to look for them. You should ask around, you know, and there are different types of manufacturers. A lot of times, even when you're contacting a larger manufacturer who would normally create that product, they know of companies usually, and will probably refer you to one, that can make that same product, you know, in smaller quantities. Right. And it's all about researching and asking and and being your best advocate here on your product so that you can get this made and accomplished. And regarding the manufacturing, if your true desire is to manufacture your own product, like that's your thing, you want to do that, you will be able to do that eventually if, if it's if it's lucrative enough, don't think because we're saying send it out to a manufacturer, you guys might be the manufacturers at some point, but that's probably not until it's in the budget. Right. Because a lot of times you need a lot of very expensive equipment and automation to have things made. And so, you know, starting that up from scratch can be very, very expensive. So it's initially, I would suggest having somebody else make the product for you. I would not you know, focus on making the product myself. It just becomes too much. When, right. When I had my different uh, product lines, you know, the food business, the frozen food business, the uh, T-shirt company, all that stuff, when I started those, we just went around. Well, first, we first we, we did our, our, you know, we started it ourselves. We rented a restaurant for the frozen food. Um, we worked in a, you know, because we had to have a quality kitchen that was up to code and standards, even mm-hmm. in the 80s. And then um, then that went out. But then we decided, you know, then we'd market that, send that out. But then we decided to go with the manufacturer because overall we were saving money getting a higher quality um, because we could not see people think about this when you're creating and you want to do it yourself. I can feel those people, you know, we're all are like that. I want to do it myself. It's my product. Well, if you send it out and you find somebody that fits you, your budget, your, um, you know, it's, it's up to your standards, clean wise, everything. If it's all up to your standards and financially it serves you, have, have that done first because you, like Bonnie was saying, you want to present the most amazing quality product, especially when it first hits the market. And you want to keep that quality up because we know we've seen this a million times where a product comes out or a restaurant comes out, whatever it is, and it's great, 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 and then all of a sudden something slacks off and it changes, and then they go out of business. So look at your advantages of having somebody else do it. I, I understand that you want to do your own uh, manufacturing of it, but it's sometimes it will save you tons of money and uh, put you further ahead when you go with somebody else. And you can Google this stuff. And like Bonnie said, call, talk to people, you know, get their referrals. If they're too big, if they're too busy, they, have, they know of other people. Don't be afraid to ask anyone in business if they exactly. have somebody that they would recommend. Exactly. Okay, so now you've had this product made. Okay, now here's something that most people never, ever think about, Mia. Really, and I didn't think about it myself. Inventory. Now you have all this inventory, where are you going to keep it? Especially if you have a product 
that could go bad, that has expiration dates on it, that has certain requirements as far as temperature controls, um, moisture controls. You know, like if you have a physical product, like sex butter is a physical product that that definitely has a lot of issues around how it needs to be stored, what type of temperature it needs to be stored in, that it needs to be consistent, that it can't be really dry or really humid. Um, The same thing would be the situation with Post-it notes. Because it has a sticky substance on it to keep them together, it can't be in, you know, areas, it can't have exposure without being in its packaging to, you know, humidity or too much dryness because of the ingredients used in making up the actual Post-it note itself. Obviously, it can't be exposed to to water or the Post-it notes get damaged. So all of these things need to be taken into account because you're going to most likely have to pay wherever you are storing your inventory. So now you have another cost. So, you know, not only do you have to make up sizable batches of this, you know, product that you're creating, a lot of times you have to pay to store it. So all of these things need to be taken into account in the pricing of the product, in the terms of the product, in how much of the product you actually have made at one time, and based on what volume you are selling of the product. What what would be in your estimate? Because I haven't, um, I mean, I could figure it out with a client, but I haven't had a product um, like that manufactured and sold in you know over ten years. So since you're still in, in on on the loop on this, what would you recommend? So when I had my food, when we had our food business, we knew what our sales were per month, right? And the mm-hmm. stores and expanding out, so we would have so much made and shipped. But when you're talking about storage and having, you know, um, your inventory, what would you recommend on that? Okay, so these are the things you need to take into account before you determine that. Number one is how much are you selling now? Number two is what is your growth rate? So, for instance, um, let's say today I'm selling, you know, 10 units a day but I happen to be growing at one unit a month. So next month, so today I might be selling, let's see, 10, so today I'm selling 10 units a day, right? So today I'm selling 10, 300 units a month, okay? But if I'm growing at one unit every month, maybe one unit every week, you know, right. then I need to take that into account also because I don't really want to only have inventory based on what I'm selling today. I want to have inventory based on how I'm growing as well as what I'm selling. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, when uh, in, in, in the case of sex butter, what I usually do is I usually like to have three months of inventory on hand based on where I'm at and how much I'm growing. So I like to make sure that I have enough for three months so that no matter what, in the next three months, even if my sales increase by 50%, I have enough to cover the next three months. And then at 
in two months, what I'll do is I'll look at where my inventory is at compared to my sales to see if I need to adjust it. Yeah. So I'm yeah, constantly exactly. looking at my inventory and my inventory turns to see, mm-hmm. you know, if I need to increase my inventory, lower my inventory, you know, I need to see where I'm at. So I'm constantly monitoring my inventory because I don't want to have an, I don't want to have too much inventory ever. Right, right. Because you can have a yeah. lot of money stuck in inventory, you know what I mean? Like, depending on what a product costs you to make, you could be sitting on, you know, tens or hundreds or of thousands of dollars versus of inventory at any given point in time. Exactly. And, and we know that um, some people are like, well, that, that's okay. But also consider... Um, you don't want to have too much stockpiled because there's a right. lot of things that can happen, you know, uh, well, the, storms, whatever. A lot of different things can happen that can, you know, you don't want your inventory. Um, you just have to be, you have to be smart and, and careful. Right. Well, not only that, you, you also need to think about if your inventory is perishable. So if it has a lifespan, yeah. right? So for instance, sex butter has a lifespan, so one of the reasons why I don't want to have more than three months at a time on hand is because basically my product, from the, t- from the time you purchase it, you should have between a year and two years to use my product, okay? Mm-hmm. So if I have something that's been sitting on the shelf for a year <laughs> already before you right, even get it, it, now you only have a year to use it. But if I have something that the maximum amount of time it's been sitting on the shelf is three months, you have plenty of time to use this product. You know, so that that definitely makes a difference. So depending on whether or not your product is perishable, that's something that you definitely have to take into account when you consider how much inventory you're going to carry. And and any product that's perishable, you you are aware of that, and it is important to really be on top of it, like a monthly, weekly type thing. Know all your stuff because it can be very expensive. When we were when we had our, for example, when we had Lalo's Foods, which was uh, uh, Louisiana Classics. You know, in the 80s, that was really hot, and we took uh, my first husband's grandmother's recipes, and we created this food line. We had to be careful with the shrimp. One, because, you know, if the shrimp happened to thaw in delivery, then people could get violently ill or exactly. kept around too long. Right. So you have to be really careful. And then also, I just want to throw in, you also, guys, we've talked about this before um, on all of our shows, you also need to have the right insurance to protect you. Because, for example, way back in 1980, I think we had $10 million coverage for our uh, food line, which was a lot of money back then. So you, have so you to had product deal. liability coverage, just to be exactly. clear, yes, right? Thank you. Thank you, yes. I was thinking back on, on, on the looks of, of that whole era that we were in with that. Because shrimp can make people sick if it's not handled correctly. And we can't always control, unfortunately, how somebody, you know, if, if a refrigerator or a freezer gets cold enough, you know, if it warms up, to a certain degree, if there's a problem in transportation and nobody realizes it. So you just have to be careful. And it's, it's all okay. You're going to be fine. But just be aware that you need that um, 
type of insurance, and you also just need to be aware of your product and the expiration dates and everything that goes along with it. Right. Absolutely. So that's really important. Um, and, you know, and that's on a lot of different products because it's not, that doesn't necessarily only mean products you consume or that you eat. So I think there's a big, you know, this is an important, important thing here. We're talking about anything that you are physically using on your body, in your environment, or consuming. You know, all of these things make a big difference, um, and they can affect you. You know, whether it be allergic reactions, whether it can be, you know, some kind of toxic or poisonous, you know, thing, whether it's something you're consuming or putting on or in your body, you can get poisons and toxins that way. You know, if it's, you need to make sure that when something is in packaging, it's tightly sealed and that there isn't anything that can get in there that can, that can actually toxify the product, that when you put it on your body, it actually creates problems. So that's really important too, you know, it's like the type of packaging that you're using, it really does make a difference. You have to make sure that your product is sealed, you know, properly. That, you know, air is not getting to it when air is not supposed to be getting to it. I know that that's really super important in food and body products for sure. Right, it is. It's it's very important because we all have been, we've all had something happen to us at some point regarding food or something that's made us itch or, you know, that didn't go with us, that that wasn't smooth with us, you know, with our system. So it's that's very important. Um, also, right. to have all your ingredients listed. I happen to yep. be, I don't know if I should announce this on air, I happen to be allergic to rosemary. I mean, deathly allergic that I have to use an epinephrine pen, an, an EpiPen. And so um, I have to check stuff to see if it says it has rosemary in it because that's something that disturbs me. If somebody didn't put it on their ingredients and I consumed it either in my body or orally, then I would be in big trouble. So be mm-hmm. aware of that too. Be be upfront about your ingredients. Uh, things are secret, but not secret. You know, the amounts you don't have to put just right. um, the way that they're outlined. We know that the first ingredient has the most and it works on down to the least. So Right. You guys, I'm sure that you're, these are just, we're giving you tips on on creating this. So this is like what your first step. If you already are Coca-Cola or Pepsi, then you <laughs> wouldn't be listening to this. You'd just be like, right on, girl. Keep up <laughs> exactly. We already did that, been there, done that. Right, exactly. exactly. No, but this is for people that are creating new products and like things that you need mm-hmm. to know. So this is important stuff. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Wonderful. So then, uh, so we talked about uh, manufacturing, but also in that is packaging, and that includes um, the labels, the boxes, the if it has a plastic thing, some type of protection around mm-hmm. it to keep it sealed so that it doesn't mm-hmm. leak. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, Bon? Okay, so this is really important. So when you are packaging food or body products, I'm going to come back to that again because there are some specific things that you do need to know that are different about these and other things. So number one, especially if you have an organic or health-oriented product, you want to make sure that it's packaged in something that is also 
in alignment with being healthy or non-toxic. Like, for instance, you know, if you have an organic uh, makeup, you know, that you're created, you don't want to put it in, you know, a plastic container that's leaching uh, chemicals Mm -hmm. onto your product that now you're going to put on your face, as an example, okay? So you just want to make sure that you're using, like, eco-friendly products that don't have toxic chemicals in them. Um, So you want to use, like, a BPA-free plastic, as an example, if you're going to use a plastic type of packaging for your product. Make sure it is BPA-free. You know, a lot of times when people have organic products, they might use glass or a certain type of something that has like a little pouch inside of it of some type. Like the container that I use for sex butter has like a little teeny pouch inside of it that is non-toxic that also has a cover on it so that there's kind of like two layers of covers before having exposure to the air. So it has like a little pod inside of it. So, right. you know, just thinking about these things while you're in the process of deciding what kind of packaging you're going to put your products in. If you have food, well, you may want to put it in a glass container versus right. plastic, as an example. Can I ask, I want to ask you a question um, about your, uh, your packaging, because yes. you just brought up a really good point. So, um, Bonnie could have just gone with um, a case or, a, you know, a the packaging of a little jar that mm-hmm. um, everybody else was using. But you decided to have a separation or an extra lining to protect it. That right. is very important and very interesting. To you, it's like, well, that's just fact. That's the way it's done. But to us who are, would be creating, these are little important things because you could – there's not very many BPA-free uh containers out there. I mean, there are, but there's not as many. So be aware of this stuff. That is really, I mean, that just really hit me as um, something very valuable for um, somebody producing a product to think about very much. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just impressed with that. No, <laughs> well, it's, it's the, it's the, it's look, it's the details make a difference. Remember, right. The details definitely make a difference. Um, you know, so that's like one little detail that I was thinking of, you know, because of my product. You know, a lot of times when you have, when you're dealing with ingredients, and, you know, they're, they're very sensitive. You know, if I put, you know, if too much of one ingredient gets put in accidentally, it can make a huge difference. So, like, everything is about the details and making sure that they're exactly right. One time, you know, and here's the thing, even when you're choosing a manufacturer, you have to think about consistency and quality because Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that whomever is using your product has the same user experience every time, not like one time they love it and the next time they were like, what the heck is this? I don't even remember buying this before. You know, you want to make sure they love it every time, like, because you want this person to keep coming back and buying more. There's, um, what's the ratio of how much it costs you to get a new, to get a new client versus keep an existing client? Like the cost is like drastically different. 
I can't remember what those costs were, but I know that the cost of getting a new client, so a brand new sale versus getting repeat business, the cost is a lot greater to try and get new business than it is to keep your repeat business going. Right, right. Yeah. Because if somebody loves your product, product, right, it's a, you know, it's a lot easier to keep them as a client. Not only that, if somebody loves your product, they're probably going to start talking about it to their friends. So think about keeping your clientele and, you know, making sure that the details are, you know, that you've thought through the details because the details are what's going to keep that person, keep coming back for more and talk about your product because they love it so much that they can't help themselves. Right. Okay, so we, 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 that was all about packaging. <laughs> <laughs> that was all about packaging. Right, right, right. That's awesome. You know, and, awesome. and, okay, and in the marketing of your product, right? So now you have your product ready to go, and you have your packaging in order, which fits into your branding, right? So right. the colors that you wanted to go with, the colors that you think your market would be attracted to, that you know, that everything looks the way that it should and it's inviting, like people are Mm -hmm. excited about it, it's inviting. And now you're going to start, you know, promoting that product online. So what you want to say about that product and the information about the product is you want to, once again, bring that in alignment with who your target market is, what they're looking for, what their needs are, right, what their challenges that they are facing that your product can either soothe, relieve, fix, be the solution to, you mm-hmm. know, all of this now has to also be in alignment with your product. So now you need to be talking about it in the same, you know, kind of energy or vibration that your product comes to place in. So, like, let's say we're talking about the Post-it note as an example, we're going to be talking about that completely differently than we're talking about sex butter, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. if I'm talking about sex butter, I'm going to be much more uh, feminine. I'm going to be, you know, much more flirty, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then in the post-it note, I'm going to be kind of much yeah. more brass tactics, down to business, Um more, I may I may bring the fun aspect into it when I'm talking to kids, right? You know about Absolutely. using a post-it note. So, like if if my right. market is you know the school age kid who wants post-it notes, then I'm going to bring the fun factor into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, just reminding of yourself of who are you marketing to, and making sure that marketing is in alignment with who that person is so that they are drawn to your product or service before somebody else's. Right. And, and also such as the post-it notes, you, you have your overall marketing, but then there's target areas that you're going to uh, increase. For example, as Bonnie said, you know, if you market to kids, you're going to do that at back to school time, you know, Mm -hmm. in August and September, those are important for that. So that just shows you that there's different markets and times of year that you can target different areas of your business, you know, or different clientele. Exactly. 
Bless you. And grow that part of your business. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So there might be different, like, look, they may make post-it notes that have like, that are made with like little red hearts. Wouldn't that be great for Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if they even have those out there, but as an example. Yeah, I think I've seen some with, like, flowers or something, you know. They do have them, I believe, with um, with some kind of, not, I don't want to say animation, but some kind of images on them. Mm-hmm. See, so there's all kinds of things. And basically, the reason that they created that is because there was a demand. You know, they they were probably looking at what people were buying, and then they probably went out into the market, questioned their clients, you know, what else are you looking for? What do you need? You know, that fits into this. And then they created it. Right. And they even have, this is so cool. So I just, I, I like to do research. So I just Googled mm-hmm. it. And they have um, paws. They even have paws, puppy paws in Post-it notes. So they do have a majority of, you know, of fun things besides all the colors. And so they're great. And you're right. They have lined ones. Very nice. Yep. See, so so that's what they did is basically they expanded everything, but they started out with one thing and then expanded out from there. And, you know, and that's really the ideal way to do it because otherwise, if you're creating multiple products at once, it's extremely expensive to do that. So mm-hmm. one of the things I would suggest to people is to start out with one product Get that product going. Get that product making money, and then expand out from there. Don't try and create a whole line of things at once when you don't even know if it's a viable product yet. That's right. And also, um, even if it is a viable product, do begin to do smaller batches to increase because what if it doesn't hit the market right? That's, That's the important thing to remember is you want to test out your new um, so take post-it notes. I, I was looking and they have them in puppy paws and cupcakes. So you want to make sure that, and I'm sure they have them in hearts somewhere. So those are the type of things that you want to check out with your, um, audience, your target audience or get a target audience to see what's going on. So you're going to want to go back to some of your prior things. We're not talking about we're not talking about, you know, the formulas and all that, but we are talking about feedback and testing and, and things like that. So, Bon, we're out of time. Would you like to um, say anything before we leave? Well, just that, you know, bringing a product to market is an awesome experience. You know, be patient, do the research, and, you know, all, think about all the things that we talked about here because all of those things are important. Take notes on the things that really may affect you more because of your product and make sure that you dig into those things. And Excellent. like I said, <clears throat> have an amazing week, and we're going to talk to you more next week about something else. Yeah, but I, I do want to say one thing really quick. Make sure you keep your passion with it. Love what you're doing. Thank yeah. you. Okay. All right. See you all next week. We're out.